And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean Josh Thompson, can you hear it? Can you hear it, Josh? I need to know, can you hear it? Because that is all of our subscribers standing by, yelling for the next Weighing In podcast episode. And it is here. We are here. We are ready. And do we have some good stuff to talk about? God bless Stephen A. Smith for giving me things to talk about. <laughs> this guy, I feel like he's just lining our pockets with money with just great content. What a freaking idiot. I mean, here's the issue that I've always had with him. I don't mind that he says off the wall shit all the time about every other thing, every other topic. I'm okay with that. I get it. Sure. But and he and apparently he used to play basketball and he talks yeah. about basketball. Yeah, basketball player. That's but good. When you want to get to the fighting part of it, I've heard him talk about boxing and I've heard him talk about MMA. And I've seen him do baby dick punches and other little things. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you talking dick punch uppercut? Yeah, dick, dick punch, punch uppercut. uppercut. <laughs> well, I thought I thought he was like hitting a baby at first, practicing hitting the baby, and then and then like He's hitting, hitting the three year old, and then hitting the mother on the way up. Like, let me hit the kid first because that's most dangerous. Then let me hit the mother on the way up. Boom. So I don't. He just gives us just. So he's gonna give us great ratings, and I love this. He's just gonna he's gonna bring subscribers to us. He's giving us the content. Oh. I want to thank you, Stephen A. Smith, for giving us this information because you're an idiot. Um, oh. Look, I, I understand. I, look, and I hear I understand where he's coming from a little bit. Don't get me wrong. In terms of, uh, there are people that don't like to see women fight. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to see two women fight there's, out on there, the street. Look, there's also people that don't like to see men fight. That's true as well. Yes, I don't want to see two untrained, not prepared women fight in the parking lot or in a bar or wherever. But Me the, fa- the simple fact of the matter is, these women are really damn good. All the <laughs> a, a lot of them, almost all of them, that you, especially the ones you see in the top organizations, they're really damn good. And they're I, good enough to whip Stephen, Stephen A. Smith's Smith. ass. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to get to. Like when he starts saying like, yeah, you know, some of them are good and some of them are going to beat these. No, these, they, they, some of them are going to beat these dudes. Some of them are going to beat your ass next time they see you is what they're going to do. <laughs> All right. Like it just comes down to could be you got, you got, you got to leave, especially in the, in the climate that we're in right now, you've got to be very cautious with things like this, the way you speak of, you guys like you want to say something. Well, it's, it, I mean, you say cautious and I, I'm just going to, I all the time say, look, and I, and I used to do this with I, Josh. I went through the whole thing of, you know, you know, le- legitimizing MMA, legalizing MMA, having the people trying to, uh, do legislation against MMA and doing it at times. I went through all of that, you know, and he even brings that up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for legislation against Mm. it. Here's the problem. All the time I tell people, look, if you don't like fighting, I understand that that's okay. Not everyone is going to like everything. I don't like figure skating and to watch figure skating, be it a man or a woman doing it, is just not of interest to me. I look at it and I go, I know that's hard. It's boring to me. I don't want to see it. And so I don't watch it, but I don't say things about it. And here's the big part. 
Josh, you and I talk about MMA. We talk about boxing. We talk about combat sports because we work in that realm. Well, Stephen A. Smith works for ESPN, and he talks about a lot of different sports. And one of the sports that they have put him into where he has opened his mouth, stuck his foot deep inside it, was MMA. And he did that, you know, when he was talking about Cowboy Cerrone against Conor McGregor. Now, he can have his opinion. That's okay. But when you cross the line, then people are going to jump back at you. And then you're going to put out dick punch uppercut, dick punch uppercut. And everyone else is going to sit there and go, and that's why we know you're an idiot. Okay. But I don't work for a network that shows all sports. I work for Bellator. You work for Bellator. There's people that work for the UFC. He works for ESPN and ESPN puts him on MMA fights. And when he sits there and then says, look, I I don't want to see women's MMA. I don't like seeing women get punched. That's okay. As as his personal opinion, he doesn't like to see a woman in a fight. But when you work for a company that shows those fights and every UFC just about has either at least one, if not multiple women's, you know, fights going on, you, you are saying something about the people that you are working Mm-hmm. for and with you are stepping in it man you owe every every women's mma fighter an apology because <clears throat> you have a voice beyond the norm you work in this industry and when you say that you're just not thinking i don't care if you don't like it that's okay you can say personally it's not for me but that's about as far as you would go just like, you know, there could be a female reporter saying, personally, men's fighting isn't for me. Okay, that's all right. But when you are working in that industry, shut up. Yeah. Well, you work you work in the industry that you work for the company that basically establishes almost all sports. They basically yeah. come out and they, pr- they produce or they put out content that other organizations, whether NFL and Major League Baseball, whatever, NBA – that that produced these things like they they come out and they put them on their platforms and now for you to say that where where do you go next do you say the same thing about like you know what women's basketball just isn't as popular as men's basketball so it's we not probably, as good it's not it's as just good. not as good i mean i could play the reverse role though too like u.s men's soccer isn't as good as women's <laughs> soccer u.s women's okay, but, soccer but, yeah, that's the truth <laughs> yes <laughs> you know i mean no. like but in terms like it's not as popular, it's let's not be as honest. Popular. It's not. No, it's not. But we should find way. I think, like I said, I agree with you that you, they need to find He needs, should have found ways to say it differently or he shouldn't have said it at all. Like, yeah, not at especially all. when you work for that company, uh, it does, didn't make any sense. I just bless him for giving us the opportunity to talk on this because this is going to be wonderful. He just, he really just comes down to look they say things on their network their what is it called first take whatever i think that's what he he's i think that's his show he has a show where they just basically blurt out absurd things <laughs> oh and skip bayless and this and oh well skip you don't know it's almost who can outdo who in the most dramatic lame comment the outlandish comment you possibly can come up with that's him they that's what they do they that's that that when we talk about clip uh, clickbait material 
That is what they're doing. They are creating, I think it almost seems like they sit at home and look at themselves in the mirror and they recite what they're going to say to them the next day. These are my topics. This is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put Skip Bayless in his place. And I'm going to say this, says Stephen A. You know, and just these are the, these are the remarks and people, they've grown to tune into that shit every single day. It's garbage. It's It really is it's garbage. garbage. It's that type of media and that type of stuff that's put us in the situations that we're in now, I think, nationwide, where it's just everything is now who can say and outdo who to get the most attention. And we started this all with this with this uh, real-life TV stuff, the Kardashians, the other uh. thing. It's like all the other married housewives and, you know, whatever it is. You know, all that stuff. That's where it all kind of started. Now it's whoever can say the most outlandish thing on TV to get more eyes and viewership for them to watch. It's ridiculous. And this is this right here is someone who's putting his foot in his mouth. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Like, they just gave him a raise last year. Right? right. It was right around February last year he got a raise. I want to say he got... He's getting paid some astronomical amount of money. I want to oh, say it was either nine or nineteen million a year. It's nine or nineteen yeah. million a year. It's something around that. I recall. I, I do believe it has a nine in there. So it's either nine or nineteen. But regardless, you're making that much money. I know NFL players that don't even make that much money. <laughs> well, it, I will say this: he did say several things that I, I will agree with. I do not believe that in fighting that there should be the crossover of a woman fighting a man. Absolutely. Not n- not a skilled woman against a skilled man. I don't believe that's good competition and I don't think that's uh, the right thing and he he said that. But I would love to see Chris Cyborg <laughs> and Stephen A Smith yeah. fight. Because see that's not what he's talking. That's not that, you know, you know, skilled woman against a skilled man. I mean, that's a skilled woman. And that's a dick punch uppercut man. That's <laughs> punch the baby, punch kick. the mama, punch the baby, and punch the you, mama. I'll, do, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I guarantee it won't last a minute. This is so crazy. I'm watching I mean, the video right now. It's hilarious. Oh, geez. It is so embarrassing. How, yeah. how mad would he, how mad should he be? Did he fire that coach or whoever took that video and posted it? I, I, I would have fired him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with him anymore. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Dude, I would pay. I, I, if they had a GoFundMe, I'd pay that some bitch. Putting it out there. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, I have no. Look, I agree with him in terms of. I have no desire to see. Even when you said a trained man and a trained woman, I have no desire to see a trained woman beat up on an untrained man either. I have no desire to see any if of that. If it was Steven, I might. Yeah, yeah I really true. do now. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I, I, you can throw. You can throw. If, you, if, you, if you've got that 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 mouth that says some of those things. Maybe you deserve to have one of the people that you're talking about who's put so much time of their life to becoming unbelievably outstanding at something. An Amanda Nunez, a Chris Cyborg, a Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, he has no concept how fucking good they are. Valentina would kick him two or three times and that guy would limp out of there. He'd hobble, they'd have to pull him out on a stretcher. Um, yeah, I just, I have no, I, you know what, while they're at it, why don't they just throw Skip Bayless in there too? I can't stand watching and listen to that guy. Either. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to him. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I know who he is. Yeah. Just I've when, listened to him a couple of times and said, that's it. Their shows are just so over. Shannon Sharp jumps in there as well. Every once in a while. Sometimes he's very even keel. Sometimes he's like extremely over the top, like these two, uh, clowns. 
Uh, but mainly with with Stephen A. But he's gotten to where he is by saying of all of these outlandish things, and we, as a as a country or as a as as a company, the, the ESPN, as a community, as a community, they they honor him by paying him the amount of money they're paying him to do yeah. those things. And I think this, I don't know. Do you put do you put pressure on ESPN to say, hey, you've got to either put out an apology. Or, you remember that you remember that retraction page you were talking about on our last yeah, show? Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be on the back page of it's gonna be on the back page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to our website. It's in three uh, clicks. It's like three clicks you get to the retractions. Yeah. That's where Stephen A will post his retraction. It's embarrassing, honestly, especially when you work for a company like ESPN. You've got you should be more aware of the situation in terms of how many other women in other sports heard what he just said and was like, what the f- what are you talking about? They've worked just as hard as all the men and they has, they've established themselves in this sport. And let's just be honest. Women's MMA has broke through way more than women's boxing has. Oh, way more completely. And I recall, no. I recall a certain promoter who said, there'll never be women in, in, in the UFC. I don't know who that was, <laughs> but now, yeah. but now look at, who was look, that guy? I don't know. But, oh, nameless. Wasn't but he? let's, but let's be honest. <laughs> Women's MMA is absolutely amazing, especially with the top, top girls that are there. Like you've got the top, say seven to eight girls in each weight class that are phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. And it's getting better every, I feel like they're still in the beginning stage. Every don't get year me wrong. it's evolving. They are in that Frank Shamrock era, maybe a little bit past that. Past it. They're past it. They're kind of in that, that past that part. They're they're in between. I can't tell, I can't tell where they're really in there. Where would you say they're at? They're, they're past, right in that. They're right in between the Chuck Liddell, George St. Pierre era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the the GSP when he first broke onto the scene against like Carl Parisian, that yeah, kind of era. Yeah, Frank Trigg, those guys. See, yep. I, I would I would actually put it maybe even a little bit further than that. I would say GSP right after he beat Matt Hughes, kind of that era. Could be. Yeah, right I think because that's when Matt. That's when that's when GSP GSP. Started to learn how to really wrestle really well, stop takedowns. It was already good on the feet. I feel like they're kind of in that area because the women's wrestling has gotten really good now. A lot so of, much better, yeah, so much, a lot better. And um, yeah, I would say they're kind of in that area now where they're getting to that next level of a couple. I think in a couple more years, I'd say another three or four more years, they're going to be just right there with the men. And they got started a lot later than than the men. You know, all of them, but some of them did. You know, majority of them did right now that are in the sport. I just got to be honest. Women's MMA is absolutely phenomenal. I love watching it. And you got to think in terms of last year, right? In 2020, the shittiest year of our lives. Okay. Um, it, there was there was one fighter that stole the show for the whole year. And that was the Whaley Zhang oh. and Joanna Janjacek. Like Did that fight, that fight was up for, for me, it was fight of the year. Now, there was a lot of great fights throughout the year. But that fight, I think, just took it hands down. It was an absolutely phenomenal fight. And... um for him to say something like that, it really discredits what those two women did that night in the cage. And it's upsetting to hear somebody that works for such a major company do something like that. We, I can continue to say this over and over again, but we've kind of beat the, the nail to the head uh, too much. But it's I, true. Well, you brought up one person. I loved her response to Steven. It was beautiful. First off, Joanna was one. She had a very nice response. But Wei Li Zhang said, Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. I Just love it. Two words. Shut up. There was one more. Scroll back down to Joanna's because um, I'm going to go ahead and read hers. It says, I appreciate your transparency, Stephen A. It says, although I wish everyone at ESPN and throughout the world saw women's sport is a, is a pot in a positive light. I assure you that we women don't need your support. Boom. I love it. 
Boom. The fact, the simple fact of the matter is, they don't need Stephen A. to like them. They don't even no. give a shit. They don't. He doesn't cross their mind two seconds while they're training and while they're fighting. Doesn't get it. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that he works for a company that they fight for. They 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 work for the UFC, but the UFC and them are partners. And when you have one of your top analysts, who you guys pay a ton of money to, needs to be more sympathetic to all of the athletes, all of them that are on now, that network. I don't even think he needs to be more sympathetic. What he needs to be is more educated. That's true. He needs to have someone give him a, just a little touch of some knowledge. And the best way for him to get that knowledge, Josh, is he needs to go to a gym and watch some of his training and then partake in it. Now, he can, the best part about training is, you know, when you go to another gym, you get to get some and you get to give some. And so they can show them exactly what you know they do and he can show them the dick punch uppercut and they can all laugh as he walks out of the gym. Yeah. 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 It's, it, I don't think it's going to go well. He walks into a gym with any of the top women. They're going to, oh. they're going to throw a fucking beating on him. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. I hope they have yeah. like cameras there. Oh. <laughs> Just they can post that video. All right. Next topic. What do you got? And uh, you want to hop into, um, the announcement of Sean O'Malley's return? Um, okay, so coming off all the controversy from Sean O'Malley and uh, Casey Kenny and that podcast they did together, now they just come out and they announced that Sean O'Malley is fighting um, Almeida. What do you think of that? Shouldn't no, they have waited a little bit? Shouldn't they have waited, like, let's make this announcement like a little bit later while your name's not fresh in the media for <laughs> something so negative? I think they're trying to deflect and get people's attention off of the one and onto what he really does. Yeah. And that he's good at. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a good fighter. Thomas Almeida is a guy that, you know, he was on fire and he met up with Cody Garbrandt. And that was the turn in his career. He's had a hard time since then. He's had, you know, three losses. He's had a, yeah. And yeah. Jonathan one, or, Martinez, one or two wins. Jonathan Martinez, Rob Font, and Rivera. Jimmy Rivera. Yeah. He lost all three of those. He had beat uh, Albert Morales. Uh, he's moving it. Morales. And then he lost, to, he lost to Cody. California. So after he after he lost to Cody, he beat Albert Morales. And then uh, then he had three three losses. Three straight row. losses. Yeah. He's had a hard time. So yeah. you look and you go, well, I understand O'Malley's coming off of a loss himself. You know, he lost to Chito Vera. But eh, this is a tough fight. Tough fight for both of them. Because <clears throat> Almeida, Almeida can throw, and he's good in the stand-up. O'Malley is more uh, dynamic overall. In his overall game, he's got the. I think he's got the more uh, fluid ground game. Although Almeida's good on the ground, not as fluid as O'Malley's, but it's a good matchup. But I just think they're trying to deflect off of some of the heat that O'Malley was taking from. I'm going to uh, go out on a limb, and I might get a lot of hate from this in the comment section. You guys, as you guys know, I do read the comments because I do comment on them now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this through the pot. This when is you so much login. fun. You need to stop. When you get okay? your own login. No one likes you. Okay, <laughs> look, I'm going to take some heat for this. I'm starting to believe that Sean O'Malley is good of a prospect as he is. He's starting to read his own headlines. And I think what's going to happen is either he's got this is his moment right now to shit or get off the pot. He either needs to start taking this very seriously in terms of focusing strictly on the fight and all and let go of all the other out, outside bullshit. The 
podcast type shit that he just did, the all the other little videos he does. I get it. It's marketing yourself. But yeah. keep it to the keep it to simple stuff and focus on getting better. Because after the Cheeto fight, all he had was excuses. And well, that was somebody, yeah. And that was somebody though that it was riding high and he it felt like he started to read his own press. And I've seen it too many times with very talented fighters. They start reading their own clippings, their own headline clippings, and guess what? They just start doing a little bit of a nosedive. And then a little bit of reality sets in. They start kind of coming back because they were always talented. I'm not saying he's not talented at all. He's definitely talented. Yeah, he definitely he's good talented. on the feet. He's good on the ground. He's good all the way around. He's got that body style. We always talk about that long, lanky yep. body style for that weight class. I think he has the champion. I think he has the opportunity and the chance to become champion. But will he do it by letting all that other shit go to the side? I don't know. I don't know, John. I really, I get a little concerned. I start watching him and, and I see like even his pictures up on some of the websites, no tattoos. Now he's all tatted. Like, it seems like there's a lot of outline. I'm not saying the tattoos make a difference. I'm saying in terms of, there's a lot of other things that are now coming into play. You know what I mean? Like he's letting all this other stuff come in instead of just focusing on the training aspect of it all and getting better. Cause he had a lot of excuses after his last fight. Well, he, He's had the tattoos since he won his fight in the Dana White Contender Series. Yeah. I was there when he when he fought it, and he's had. He may have more now. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he had a lot of tattoos then. Uh, tattoos, I feel like they're growing a little bit. Yeah, they, you know what? That that has nothing to do with it. And it getting doesn't. a tattoo is is nothing, but it is the concentration and where you are focusing your energy at that yeah. matters. And I think that's what you're talking about. Exactly. And hopefully, he's got. You know, the guys he's training with, they're good guys. You know, you take a look, you know, he was out of the MMA lab there with guys like Benson Henderson. You can't get a better mentor, a guy that'll show you, you know, what it takes to be a champion than a guy like a Benson Henderson. He's got, you know, John Crouch, an outstanding coach who, you know, looks at the game in all kinds of different fashions, brings in other people to help. So he's got the right people. The question is, is he listening to them? Because you could have someone giving you all the best information in the world. If you don't listen to it, it doesn't matter because it's going in one ear and out the other. So I, I think what you're saying, you know, kind of is, you know, hitting it on the head. I think Josh, Josh Thompson got this one right. It's sometimes you start to, you know, everyone's patting you on the back. Everyone's, you know, writing about how wonderful you are. And you start to kind of say, yeah, and it's, it's, I could take a break here. I can make it easier. I could do these other things. And those are the things that lead you down a path where now they are talking about you still, just not in the same realm. John, uh, did that taste like vinegar coming out of your mouth? You said it Josh was Thompson was right. I want, <laughs> I want you to know that, you know, it, the, to sit in this chair and to listen to you and then to finally get something, you go, you know what? He's, he's got it. He's doing good. Uh, that's, that's making me proud. He, he's very good. <laughs> like I said, he's very talented. I love watching him fight. I just, yeah. At 26 years old, obviously, I relate a lot of things that I see on the outside to when I was at that age, as well as other people that I've been around, other fighters throughout their careers that I've seen top, top level. I've seen guys be stone cold killers in the gym. But then guess what? They were still out partying all the time. They were still out and they never made it to the bigger shows because 
they didn't take it as serious. No, I am who I am because of this. And they started, they started believing the hype just amongst the gym. Can you imagine now your, your name's being written in, in articles and you're seeing yourself on whatever ESPN and all these things, it starts getting to you a lot faster. And I'm seeing a little bit of that with him, you know, and, um, I hope it doesn't end up turning out that way, but I, I want to see him succeed. It just, I see it 26 years old and he's got the body frame for it. He's got the style to be exciting. He's got all the things that really want to make me tune in, but the out, the outside distractions, whether it's the podcast in terms of how it comes about and what the things that they do and talk about, I get it. Like this is, you know, we talk and have fun. We talk about something specifically, but when you got you got to be very cautious um, so you don't attract more attention, especially negative attention to get your mind off of what your goal is. And your goal is to become the UFC champion. I'm assuming that's what his goal is, you know, and to make a ton of money. So I want to see him succeed. I just hope that it's, I'm not right is what I'm trying to say. But I, that's kind of why I see right now. I see that kind of heading in that direction. And one or two well, losses you, may snap him out of that. Who knows? Well, you can figure, you know, one of the things that we talk about is when you have those fights and then all of a sudden there's that blueprint that people now have on how to beat you. Mm -hmm. And you can go all the way back, you know, and I, I will always screw up the name, but Andre uh, Southcamp, who we fought and he won the fight. But if you remember, he got his legs eaten up and he couldn't even stand up at the end of the fight. And uh, Andre almost had that fight. He almost took that fight. And if he had fought smarter, he would have won that fight. And now you go back to watching you know, Marlon Vera, he just ate up his legs. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you look at Conor McGregor. Yeah, there's was... the exact same thing right there. If you cannot move, now you're a sitting target for somebody. Movement is everything in fighting. The ability to move your body into certain angles and to get your body out of trouble, out of the way of something that's coming, that's coming to hurt you. You don't have that ability. It, I don't care who you are. You're going to get, end up getting KO'd. Yeah. And so the, the blueprints there now's the question of, can he fix what everyone knows is a weakness and now make it, it's not a weakness. It can be a strength that he actually is good at countering off of it, not accepting the kicks, but you know, he's got a tough, you know, he's got a tough go coming up here. Cause if I was in Almeida's corner and I was one of his trainers, I guarantee we would be just, just just all day long every day that we went in the gym there would be a specific time that we were working on a beautiful low kick you know kick to the calf kick to the knee i would go all the way all the way up but that calf kick i would be eating him alive as much as i could with it because it's shown he doesn't deal with it well i feel like i feel like that calf kick is going to change the dynamic of um, of that long, lanky body style being so effective in MMA. It's been effective over the years. I feel like all those guys, like GSP was considered long and lanky when he first came into the sport. Myself was considered long and lanky when I first came into the sport in the UFC. Like I was considered a bigger, like 155 pounder. Um, yeah. You know, you've got, who else you got? Remember, remember how good Corey Hill was until he broke his leg. I mean, but Corey Hill, six foot four, yeah, six foot four, one forty five, right, one forty five, one fifty five, one fifty five, you know. So I mean, like you Probably. have these guys. I mean, Corey Sanhagen, what is he? Five eleven, one thirty five. 
You know, that one's coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up this weekend. But there's a lot of guys that Anderson Silva is long and lanky. You have a lot of guys that have had careers of John uh, John Jones, but I feel like the calf kick will start to make a change on them because they're not able to catch that leg like they were used to catching other people's leg kicks. Now they have to catch the calf. If you reach down that far, it opens up the head kick and the body kicks and all the other things. So they've got to be cautious about that. And obviously, if you're that tall, long and lanky, you probably don't have a lot of meat down there, you know, in terms of your leg. So you're hitting almost a little bit of muscle and then right to the bone. And that has a huge effect on whether you can move and pivot and get out and circle out. I think you're going to start to see those fighters start to use that a lot more against those tall, long, and lanky guys. And I, I agree with you. I do agree with you, unfortunately. That this, God, look at that. That this, that this will be. Uh, people are going to start seeing the the um, transition and the, the game plans laid out. Conor McGregor, you know, uh, O'Malley, and other guys are going to start using it against them, and they have to come up with a solution. That calf kick has really changed the game. And I've said that we've talked about this a lot on, especially on our broadcast for Bellator. It's changing the game in the sport, period. You know, and there'll be something eventually that comes along that kind of detours it and distracts it from from being the, you know, a lot of the switching stances is keeping that from happening a lot. Yep. But yeah. Well, the the perfect example, if you're going to look, you know, Michael Chandler, who mm-hmm. just, you know, beat Dan Hooker. He got to, he lost his title to mm-hmm. Brent Primus yeah. off of that calf kick because he lost control it shut down the nerve. He couldn't control his foot. His foot dropped. He couldn't move, and the, the referee stops the fight based upon he can't control his his body position, his body weight. He comes back. You watch him against Hooker. You watch him against Benson Henderson, a guy who's very good with the low kick, a guy that actually almost was one of the ones that brought it out, and he's changed what he's doing. He now changes stance. This is how you deal with that element of the game. And everyone has got to start to do it or you are going to fall victim to it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Remember a guy named Justin Wilcox? Oh, yeah. Fought in Bellator. Silverback. Called him the Silverback. Yeah, he was one of my teammates at AKA. More muscle on that guy at either 155 or what? He went down to 145. He did. I have no idea how he made the weight. Crazy. Um, But he fought a tough, a tough Russian guy, I believe, in Bellator. Stepanian. That guy tore his freaking calf up. The and sniper Stepanian ate him alive. Ate him alive with the kicks. But Justin got the finish like like two minutes left, I think, in the third round or something like that. He got the finish. Yeah. But Wilcox came back to AKA after that fight to train for his next one. He couldn't. You couldn't kick him there. You couldn't touch him there. Even grappling, if your knee hit it, and this was like six to seven months later. Yep. That leg was never the same, ever. And so that calf kick, like I said, is changing the game in terms of. It's not just one time. And I'm going to go back, even though, look, Michael Chandler beat Dan Hooker. But Dan Hooker kicked him once or twice on the calf. And the second time, I think it was the second time, Dan Hooker's, but Michael Chandler's leg kind of buckled a little bit. And he only kicked him twice. The game plan to beat Michael Chandler is to hit the calf kick on him. And that's that's why he's been switching. And he's got power in both hands, we found out. You know, but... But I think that is the remedy to beat him is to hit for that calf kick. It's been laid out already. Just you got to be able to get to his leg before he gets to your chin. Yeah, but then that the whole point is this. He's at least done something to deal with the problem of that kick. Yeah. You know, it's not that he's not going to get kicked. He is. But he's not going to eat him in that steady fashion that he did in the past when he was one stance, orthodox stance coming forward with a wide stance a lot of weight on in front of his leg you know you're going to eat those you can only eat so many 
Yeah, there's a there's a think there's a kick in this in the middle of this fight here in this first round where Hooker I think hits him and he, he kind of buckles his legs just a little bit because he's got. I'm a very, so I'm so glad that you get I to know, see I videos and Dave puts up all this stuff in front of you. You know, you know what, what, what I have in front of me? Your ugly mug. That's yeah, it. You know what it is, right? Is it? <laughs> everyone knows that. Yeah, it was that one little spot right there. We know it right there. See. But you know what it is, right? You just have that still trap of a brain, right? It's all the memory is locked in there. I don't need to. You already knew, you know, what? Two and a half minutes in, the leg kick happened in the buckle of the leg. And you were like, yeah, of course I remember that. <laughs> uh, but look, this gets this is a good little segue right into our next conversation. If we're going to talk about um, Charles Oliveira reportedly declined a fight against Michael Chandler for UFC yeah. 258 non-title fight against Michael Chandler. So... I want to spend a little bit of time on this um, based on the fact that you like everyone wants to compare the two guys and what they've done in terms of where they're at right now. I'm sorry. Michael Chandler's done way more, way more. Not, not I shouldn't say way more, but he's done significantly more to get no, where no, he's how, at. How, hold it. How many titles has Oliveira won? Yeah, none. That's that, that's okay. that's that. But then also too, I look at the people that Chandler, you're saying, "Oh yeah, he fought guys in Bellator." Uh Eddie Alvarez, um who was Benson, the UFC Benson former Benson UFC twice. champion, Benson Henry yeah. Swat, who was the UFC champion, the WC champion. Uh, like who is and I like Charles Oliveira. I think he is dangerous. Oh, I, love I think him. I love him. I love watching him fight. What he did to Tony was absolutely amazing. But if you want to compare Kevin Lee to Benson, to Brent Primus, who's absolutely enormous, and his submission game is nasty good, and just ask Jake Shields and other guys that he's submitted, okay? In just straight grappling, he submitted Yeah, them. just grappling tournaments. And so it's not like there was punches involved and he got the upper hand on the striking. He's beaten Michael Chandler, so he's good. Michael Chandler just starts Dan Hooker. We're comparing, if you want to compare the resumes, sure, he's fought good guys, but look, De, uh, Charles Oliveira, he's fought, go down a little bit, Clay Guida, okay, he's fought Clay, Clay is getting a little bit older, okay, not a little bit, let's be honest, yeah, I love Clay, I love Clay, okay, Jim Miller, a little bit older, he's, both of these guys, they were, they're definitely great fighters, the yeah. time is, the, the time has passed, they're, like, they're not in that title conversation, they're not in the top 10, they're not in the top 15, I love watching them fight, I'll always go in and watch them fight, but he, they beat them, he beat them, so it's it, when I'm starting to compare these Nick Lentz, Nick Lentz has not been the same either. Okay. You're talking about, uh, what you have Jared Gordon. Okay. Good. He beat him with the KO and decent Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson are his two best fights. I feel like. Yeah. Those, two that best, was his two last fights. Those were his two last fights. Those are yeah. not comparables to Eddie Alvarez, who is he's beaten before. Okay. He also lost to him as well. I'm going to make sure that that's touched on. But he also beat Benson twice, and those are some of his more recent fights. He lost to Patricio. I don't even want to get into the Patricio conversation. The guy's fucking good. Okay, you guys just got you guys guys just got to start recognizing how good this guy is. Yeah. All right, he's got a nasty, tough fight coming up against Emmanuel Sanchez. You know uh, who comes from Pettis's gym there at, uh, at Rufus Sports. He's damn good. Both those guys, Patricio is really damn good. And so when they're having this conversation with Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler is the former champion in Bellator. He's been the champion back and forth, back and forth. He deserves it more, and it pains me to say that. He <laughs> deserves the title <laughs> shot more when you want to compare resumes. I'm sorry, man. 
I'm sorry. Sure, he beat Tony Ferguson, but he beat Tony Ferguson when Tony was coming off of a loss and he gave him a second loss. You know, I, I just it's not the same. And you're saying Dan Hooker's coming off of a loss. I get it. He's coming off of a loss also. Okay. But he wasn't his second fight out off. It's just, it wasn't the same. It just was not the same. I I just, I compare the two resumes and I, and Chandler's got the better resume. And if you're going to give a title shot to somebody coming in on their first fight in the UFC and the way he performed, didn't let it get to him, came with a smile on his face, got the crowd behind him. All what twenty of them, <laughs> twelve hundred of them, twelve hundred yeah, of them, twenty five hundred, twenty five hundred. Right? There, there was more than that. There's okay, way so more than that. They got the crowd in there and got. But anyway, he's he won fans with this fight, and I feel like this was his opportunity, his chance. He solidified it. I know maybe they don't want to give him an automatic title shot, but if you're going to compare the two guys and who would get it, it would be him. Josh, I have more people asking me about Michael Chandler. Yeah, now than you could imagine and it's all because of they watched him on that fight card against dan hooker and he is the new monster and they all want to see him fight again and and this is the the one thing that i i'm not saying this is charles Oliveira. i think it's his management team Mm -hmm. looking at this and saying hey this is a no win for us this doesn't help us if we win it doesn't help us and if we lose this is bad and I think they are completely wrong Yeah, because you have the opportunity to put your fighter in a position to guarantee a title fight. It's all about winning. And if you believe in your fighter and you believe that your fighter is the best in the world, then you should put your fighter up against Michael Chandler. Let him go beat Michael Chandler and let him earn that spot for the title because if you don't take the fight you definitely are not going to get that title shot yeah so what what are you doing this for you're doing this so you can become the champion with 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 being the champion comes a lot of things and one is more money so if that's what you want here's the fight that's going to put you in that position why are you going to turn it down why you're going to have to fight him you're gonna here's the thing. There's, there's eventually o- there's only one guarantee in this title conversation. Dustin Poirier is fighting for the title. That's it. That's the only guarantee. They so you can be the guy yep. that can be in the cage with Dustin Poirier if you beat Michael Chandler. Yeah. I don't cons- I don't I don't see it in terms of if he wins like if he wins, it doesn't do anything for him. No, it gets him a title shot. That's what like I don't look at That's it that it. way. If you win, you get a title shot. There'd be no you, other people for you to look at and say, "Hey, okay, am I next?" No, you're you're definitely next. <laughs> like there's no other be- there's no one in front of you to beat. That's you know? it. Gaethje just fought it's, for the title. They're not going to give him another title shot, especially after the And he's got he's got to get a win. Yeah, he's got to get a win. Yes. He's got to so, get a win. So I, mean, I I look at it this is the proverbial the glass is half empty or half full. It's all in the way that you're looking because there's going to be a ton of guys who can sit there and argue, oh, you're wrong. You know what? He shouldn't take that fight because it's, you know, you're looking at things on the glasses half empty side. You got to look at the side. The glass is half full, man, and I can fill it to the brim. All I got to do is go take this fight, go put that some bitch to sleep, and I have a title fight. I cannot believe that his management is not either understanding that or putting that 
on the table in front of him saying, Hey, let's go do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went through the sim, a similar situation after the Nate fight, they called me and they said, I was supposed to fight Pettis. And they called me and said, Hey, we want you to fight after Pettis pulled out. We want you to fight Rustan, Rustan Kabbalah. I was like, he was, he was ranked 15 and I was ranked th two or three, I think two. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. I'm not well, fighting not this guy. Get you anywhere. That doesn't do anything for me. And then I went from being the main event to like the opening fight on the on the main card. I was like, absolutely not. So I turned it down. I said, look, if you come to me with someone ranked in the top five, I'll fight them all day long. So they called me with Benson a week later, and I got the fight. That yeah. that's like you're I'm, you're trying to better your position. I get it, but you got to take these fights. You like this is the. It, it, where he's at, you can't better the position. This is the fight you're looking for, Josh. This is the that's one what I'm saying. That's, that's better in his position. That yeah, that's better in his position. The winner of this gets to fight Dustin, Dustin Poirier for the title. Hello. That that I looked at it that way. Like, hey, if I fought Benson, I know I'm guaranteed the title shot. He's the only guy ranked ahead of me. Okay, TJ Grant was too, but they took him out of the rankings because they didn't know when he'd ever fight again. So it was like that was it. I I was like, okay, I have no one else in front of me. You, there's no way you're gonna deny me if I beat him. You know, and that's kind of where you're at. There's nobody else in front of you, too. You've got Chandler at, what, four. You've got Oliveira at three. You've got Justin Gaethje, but Justin Gaethje coming off a loss. It's not going to, nothing's going to happen. The two of you guys are coming off wins. The winner is going to fight for the title against Dustin Poirier. It's, yep. It makes sense. You, you, gotta, you cannot say no to those fights. And when you do, the UFC is going to say, okay, right, I'm going to tell you we exactly. Remember. I'm going to tell you exactly what Joe Silva said. Fine, I'll call you in six months when you when you're done, and I'm gonna give you the same fucking opponent. And when you say no again, okay, I'm gonna sit you on the bench for six more months. And in the meantime, for your inactivity, we're gonna just drop you in the rankings. Which means now, when you were at two and three, you're not there. The only reason why Joe and I were able to get the Benson fight together was I said, Joe, I will fight anybody in the top five. Bring me a top five guy, and I will fight them. Didn't matter. That's the difference right now. You already, yeah. he had already reportedly said no to Gaethje before, you know, that was like what a month ago. He said, uh, I don't, you know, he's coming off a loss. I'm coming off a win. I don't think I should take that fight. Okay. I understand that portion of it, but he is ranked ahead of you. And that does, you know, that does catapult you into that. Hey, you should have been there. He would be, he would be number one. Had he beat Justin Gaethje now him turning it down. If he did fight, if they're saying that he was going to fight Chandler, Hey, we want to offer you this fight and you turn it down. Chandler's going to get it for sure. He'll get the title shot now for sure. That or they're going to make him fight Chandler. Well, it's like you said, you know, if people get this idea, you know, the, the UFC guarantees the fighters three fights a year. But when you turn that fight down, you don't get the three fights. You just turned it down. That one goes away. They yeah. don't owe you anything. And that's why you're saying Joe Silva would come back with the same guy. So you're in a position of you're going to turn him down. Now you're going to, now you've been sitting for a year. Yeah. A year of your career is gone based upon you don't want to fight somebody. Yep. If what? you're if you're in this game, you know, you've got to just understand I'm a fighter. This is what I do, and I want to fight the very best. And sometimes you look and you go, This isn't a great time. Okay. Say I've got things going on. It's a bad time. You know, tell them I can't take that right now. I'll take it next time. And they'll give it to you next time. Because oh, yeah. there's reasons why they want that fight. 
Yeah, he's not doing himself any favors. If you're already no. you're there in the top rankings, you're number three. You're exactly where I was ranked at the time. You've got to take the Chandler fight, knowing that both of you guys are coming off wins, very impressive wins. It they're not going to do you any favors, man. And and when no. you say no to a fight, it automatically people need to know this. It extends your contract. So let's say you have a eighteen month long contract. Well, it extends it for four months or six months, depending on how long they want to extend it for. And then they, what they'll do, though, is they, they won't call you for four months. You'll call them. Hey, I'm ready to fight. Nope, we don't have nothing okay. for you. We'll wait. Okay. They'll wait. We'll, we'll look. We already offered you a fight. You turned it down. I have four months before I have to offer you another one. Joe Silva made this very clear to, to me a couple times, you know, with well, other guys. His, you got to look. That's his way of controlling. Yes. Because if he allows the fighters control it, he's in trouble. Yeah. So he's got to say, all right, you know what? I, I got to make it to where this hurts, you know, and it's not, I'm not saying it's nice. It's not nice. It's just reality in the fight world. This is the fight game. Yeah. And if you're turning down fights because you're trying to either, you know, cherry pick certain fighters that are good styles for you and stay away from the guys that are bad styles from you, good matchmakers know, and they know right away and they go, all right. I'll give you that guy, and this guy's going to come back around, and he's just going to keep coming back around until you finally take the fight or you walk away. Yeah, you've got to take these fights in terms of, I, you know, like it, when I was going through it, I was like, okay, I'll take, I, I offered, I asked for Cerrone. I asked for TJ Grant, who I didn't realize what his injury was at the time. I was like, I'll take him too because he was ranked ahead of me. And I was like, how about? Um, That's the rankings the, the month after you beat Nate. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but then uh, Pettis had already beat uh, Benson, so Benson had dropped, and Gilbert had moved, I think, below me, or was like in that in that area there. So I think it was Gil. I think I was three or four. So, anyways, into that conversation, he just he just needs to take this fight. The bottom line is he needs to take the fight. And when I and if, as if I'm the UFC, and I'm comparing the resumes, I'm saying Michael Chandler just by resume. I'm saying Michael Chandler. And now when I compare the fact that you decided not to take the fight. Do you want to be champion or not? This is the, I'm trying to run a well, business here. You know, that's really the, what it comes down to. The one thing that, that Charles has going for him, he's been with that company much longer. But that only goes so far. And all it takes is one fight. One fight, and it was the Dan Hooker fight, that changes everyone's opinion and says, yes, I want to see this again. And no matter what, Dana likes Michael Chandler right now. Yeah. You want to know why? He's got fucking granite in his damn hands. That guy. I mean, <laughs> he's he, fast. He's fun to watch. He's fat. Yeah, he he'll go out on his shield. That guy will. Yes, you, he will. If you guys have not seen, God, it pains me to say this. Like I said, <laughs> if you go back and you watch his Eddie Alvarez fights, come on, man, I love damn, it. His Eddie Alvarez fights are oh, damn good. Both historic. both of his Eddie Alvarez fights are two of the best fights you could watch. Yes, especially the three. The first one, the first one to me was better. In I know he won, and that pains me also to say. But it was it was it was a barn burner. I was there live watching it in person, so that's what made it even more exciting. Um, he's he's. A I good, would he's, I would tell you his fighter. second one was the was the better fight. Yeah, it was. It was closer and it was back and forth. And although they had the knockdowns and I was there for that one. So I liked the second one, but they were both fantastic. I think it really just comes down to like, if you were in their arena, you're like, holy shit, this is so yep. crazy. So this, good yeah, to see. So and the crowd was crazy. It, just, it was awesome, man. So, and when I'm looking at the resumes, I compare, I say Michael Chandler, when I'm looking at 
when I'm looking at the fact that you didn't turn one down and Chandler's like, anyone ahead of me, bring them on. I want that guy. That's the guy yeah. that I want to be my champion. Want to know why? Because when you get to be the champion, you don't have the option to say no. So why am I going to put some guy who's saying no now? Why not? There you go. It doesn't make any sense. And then why Dustin am I, Boy, why am I going to put the guy that is a pain in my ass? Yes, that's that's Let's really what, honest. I, like I said, I'm running a business here. As Dana's White sitting at the top, going, I'm running a business. You're you're supposed to be here trying to make when well, you're. I don't want to say you're my employee, but you are kind of my employee. You need to like these are the deals. You, you fight, I set these fights up. You guys fight, make it happen. Winner goes up, loser maybe stays there or goes down a little bit. This is what we do. You've known this is what we do. Continue to do what you're doing. You can't you can't drag out a performance like you had against Tony Ferguson with shit like this. Fight Justin Gaethje or or fight Michael Chandler or get off the pot because they're not giving you a title shot now. I'm just saying no. No, that's the whole thing. He's got a choice. I really believe his choice is you can fight Justin Gaethje or you could fight Michael Chandler. If you fight Michael Chandler and you win that fight, they're guaranteeing you a title shot. If you fight Justin Gaethje and you win that fight, you might get a title shot. Yeah. You might not. Yeah. I would fight. I, I honestly, if I was him, I would fight Justin Gaethje and just wait and just let Chandler have the fight and then just wait. Because <laughs> either way, you're going to probably end up fighting Michael Chandler. What does that say? John, what does that say? Two fights in the UFC becomes UFC champion. What does that Oof. say? Well, I don't know. What What was Eddie? Eddie was, I did Eddie's first fight when he went, went over from Bellator and he lost to Cowboy Cerrone. He got his leg eaten up by yeah. Cowboy. Uh, and then I'm thinking he had one more fight. He got he got a win in that. And then I think after that, he fought Gilbert. RDA. Now, that was that was kind of uh, no, he fought a Pettis. last thing. He fought Gilbert first in Mexico City. Okay, and then, and he, then, fought, he, fought, then he fought Pettis. Fought Pettis and then, and then he, he fought RDA. Yeah, because Pettis had just lost the title, I think, to, uh, to Dos Anjos. RDA. RDA. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, and then uh, then Eddie fought one, and then he lost to uh, Connor. But I look at like for me, I look at the resume of it all, and I just want to know like what does that say about Chandler? What does it say? what does it say about Bellator fighters and athletes? And we've said this for the longest time. No, not one promotion, whether it's one, whether it's Bellator, whether it's PFL, they all have fighters that could potentially be champion in the UFC. In all, any organization, in any organization for sure, you know. Um, they just have more of them to choose from. That's really yes. what it comes down to. Because I really believe that Lance Palmer could end up being champion in one of those organizations. He could be he could be a champion in one with his wrestling for sure. Oh, he could definitely be a champion in one. Because of his wrestling. Everyone's like, oh, the yep. striking. Yeah, but they have no wrestling. That's the thing. They're all phenomenal strikers because a lot of the fighters are from Thailand or they're from that area where they just, that's a lot of what they train. But on the ground, they had they don't know anything really. Not hardly any of them train on the ground. They're getting better. Someone I worked for one doing commentary for them. They've gotten a lot better. I gotta tell you, back then it was like once they hit the ground, fight was over. It was like just they just you know, um, they didn't know what they were doing. They're just like, I'll punch you until you get back up to your feet and then we fight again, you know? But now they've they've gotten a lot better. All the fighters have gotten a lot better. Worldwide they've gotten better. Uh, but I just what does it say about the fighters? from from bellator and how good they are in terms of eddie came over became champion uh chandler's coming over if he does get a title shot he does become champion that's the other thing how do you compare what do you how do you see the fight playing out with him and dustin 
Oh, that is that is such a good matchup. You know, and I, I honestly, right now, you know, I've I've uh, been in the cage with both guys. I really like both guys. And right now, at this point, I give Dustin Poirier and the way he uh, is able to just control a fight and take it over in certain times. Right now, I give him the advantage. I'm not saying that, you know, Michael Chandler can't win it. He can definitely win it, and he can definitely, you know, put Dustin out. He's got that power. He's got the ability to out-wrestle him, even though in out-wrestling him, he's going to have to work hard. Uh, Dustin will not submit Michael Chandler. If there's one thing that, you know, people can uh, look at, and I'll say this, and it'll end up being completely wrong, but I've been in there with uh, Michael Chandler too many I've watched him too many times. He is almost, almost submission proof in MMA. Yeah. And he is so good. I've seen him in some incredibly deep submissions. He had a knee bar that was put onto him by Marcin Held. Yeah. His knee was backwards. He just keeps on working his way out of it, ends up getting on top, ends up winning the fight. He's done it multiple times. I've seen him in chokes where I go, oh, he is, yeah. he's in trouble. And he has wiggled his way out of it. He just will not tap. He will not give up on the submission. So he's very tough to submit in MMA. Um, could Dustin do it? There's a possibility. I don't see it. So submission-wise, I don't think that's there for Dustin. I think the way Dustin wins it is by volume because we've seen that Chandler in a fight with someone, and Eddie Alvarez is the guy that you can look at, did this to him, volume in that second fight Chandler takes damage he will take damage to give damage and sometimes that works against him and Dustin Poirier can do that we saw that in the his Dan Hooker fight you know he took some big shots and he took some hard shots especially you know in the first and second rounds and he just kept up with that pace and kept putting volume on Hooker and if he can do the same thing with Chandler he's going to walk away with the decision on Chandler yeah, I think with the the solution is going to be for Dustin Poy. I agree with you in terms of I think Dustin's a, a nudge ahead of him. And the reason why I say that is it really comes down to game plan. I think the strategy behind be, with Dustin Poy is that if you kick that calf which we saw it worked against Connor, he is southpaw so it, will he switch and kick to the outside leg? Will that be as effective? Will he be able to get to the calf kick? I think like, I agree with you in terms of volume because if you go back, even I looked, I saw the first, I remember seeing the first fight live. Chandler lost to Eddie Alvarez in the third round by like a 10, if, in the new judging would be probably a 10-8, maybe even possibly a 10-7. No, that, not even that, close. In that third round. <laughs> third round, he lost. He got destroyed. But no, no, no different than Eddie Alvarez. You could have said that was a 10-8 round for Michael Chandler in the first round. Yeah, and the first I agree. Yes, he I got agree. knocked down twice. Yes, I agree with and you. And he yes. was in trouble at a the end of, of that trouble. round. Yes, yes, yes. But in that third round, he it, it could have been a ten eight round in that third round. Yeah. He got he took some big big shots in that that third round. But then he, but came, he out, did. came out strong in the fourth, and that's how he, ended he up showed he showed he showed what he's made of. Yeah, he's a gritty. There's he's no very very gritty. But the volume was the key in that third round, and I think if Dustin can weather the storm for the first round and a half. He's got a good opportunity, a good chance to drag Chandler into the deeper water and put the pressure and the pace on him. Because when I talk about guys like Brent Primus, Brent Primus is enormous for 155. He's probably walks around about 200 pounds. 
Yeah. I think he walks around about. I think when I talked to Premise a while back when he fought Chandler in the in the in the Garden, he's like, when I started this camp, he was telling me how he was about two hundred one, two hundred two. I was like, Jesus, man. And he just, he's big. He's enormous. His arms are big. His shoulders are big. You watch him stand face to face with Chandler. It looks like Chandler's his son. Oh, they look like they're in different weight classes. Yeah, they do look like they're in different weight classes. But Dustin Poirier, though, as well, is somebody who is, he's a big guy. I can't believe how he was making 145. You know, and the fact that he's now. But I think that was part of the, why he he had fights that he just didn't do well because he was depleting himself so much that at times he just couldn't perform. Mike Brown talked about it. He said, like, at 155, he's a lot more durable. Yeah. He is a lot he, he, he is a lot better fighter at 155. Not, not in terms of, like, um, technique. In terms of the fact that he can take more punishment and he can also dish it out. His conditioning allows him to put more output out there. And I agree. I think that's going to be the key in that fight. He's going to have to make sure he doesn't take any clean, hard shots in that first round and a half, maybe two rounds. But I think if it gets into that third round, you're going to see Dustin do what he did with Dan Hooker, just start touching and touching and touching and getting up the big shots. But like I said, I'm excited to see that fight based on the fact that we know that both guys, when you look back at the Michael Chandler and Eddie Alvarez fights, it doesn't matter. He got smashed in the third round. He came out hard in the fourth. You know, he comes out and he still will give it his all throughout the fight. He's a good fighter. It's he is. It's hard. He's it's nah, hard. It's, it's not hard. It's just he's truth. A, he's a good it's fighter. It's just truth. He's yeah. a he's a he's a dynamic fighter. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. Now, are there ways and there's you can take a look and watch his fights and go, this is the this is the the road that I'm gonna take in trying to beat this guy. Yeah. You know, and that road has been proven. But you got to go through a whole lot of fucking damage and pain yeah. to get down that road. This is true. Very true. Um, all right. Well, what else? We got to get do um, weighing in on the odds for upcoming fights. Hey, we got the fight Plus. night coming up, baby. Come on. Plus your box. Oh, well, no. We're going to do weighing in on the odds. On Guess what? The biggest fight right now that is in the market, Ben Askren and Jake Paul weighing in on the odds. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the odds got. I was going to leave. The the odds got released today. I want to. What are the odds? It's, I can't even believe that you even look for the odds. We're going to go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. They'll give you 50% of your initial deposit. You guys do that for this fight. You guys will make some money. No, Don't do it for this fight. Do it for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl this weekend also. Let's this weekend, go. baby. Um, look, Ben Askren is obviously the underdog. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy we're talking about a did, combat did sport. you watch the video he put okay now we we were talking about steve a. smith and his video that was put out yeah ben put out he's got the picture he's got the face of jake paul on the bag and he puts out this and i'm like i'm 58 years old and i'm faster oh than my you. gosh <laughs> i love i love ben oh jesus i love ben Askren. gary i'm telling you scary i love the guy too and he uh, my my thing is this, as an MMA fighter, he was outstanding, just outstanding, and, and especially for a guy that you know just stuck to what he did well. 
you know, and that was the wrestling base that he had. And he would, he would grind you and ground and pound you. And you thought you were getting away from him at times and he would just ride you, let you up, pick you up, put you down. But I, I know, I know he's making a ton of money for this and I understand why he's taking it and I'd probably take it too, but for that money, but I just look at it and, and in a way he's doing MMA a disservice. He just is. You, know, you look guess, at it and you go. As a no. fighter, though, should you Because they're, they're using his name, they're using his record, they're using his reputation, all to say that Jake Paul beats this MMA champion to elevate this poodle-haired guy, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> yeah, and it just, just kind of drives me to distraction. But... But if you're Ben Askren, should you care about the MMA sport? Yes, because it's it's exactly what. <laughs> why are you where you at? Did I say that right? No, why are no, you, you where you're at? <laughs> yeah, yes. Why are you there? You know, you could sit there and say, "Oh, I did it. I did it all." No, I, I was asked a thing. You know, someone said something about um. Someone asked, put something out. Oh, you know, you know. You should be in the UFC Hall of Fame. No, I don't. I don't. I don't worry about the little things. Okay, but then I was uh, I was asked a question. I haven't answered it, and it's by a guy that I used to run the UFC Hall of Fame. And I was, you know, sitting there and I was talking to my wife about it. And Miss McCarthy, I did a lot that people don't know about. I did a lot for the UFC, but I'm going to sit here and just say it straight out. It goes two ways. It did. They did a lot for me. I wouldn't be in the position yeah. that I am today without this thing called the UFC. And I recognize that. I'm smart enough to know that. And so I, I appreciate it. You know, people think that I hate the UFC, which is stupid, but I love the UFC. I will always have a special place in my heart for that organization because that's where I started. You know, and so I owe certain things just like he owes certain things. And in a way, does he owe MMA? Yeah. It's the reason that people, you know, are, are looking at this fight. It's not because Ben was an Olympic wrestler, which he was, which he was a great wrestler in college, you know, NC2A champion multiple times. He was a great wrestler. He would not be getting this match without the MMA. Just the way I see it. Okay, I'm going to piggyback on what you said uh, about the UFC as well. Like, I, I've said this, I don't know how many times, countless times. I owe my, like, a lot of my career, the, especially the beginning of it, uh, I give credit to Dana White. Like, he didn't have to sign me. Joe Silva tried to talk him out of signing me. You know, when I fought in Shogun, he's like, no, no, not yet, not yet. And Dana's like, nah, I'm signing him. And it was like, I, I, to me, I've said that. Like it, But I have feel like I have... I have to say thank you. I said thank you because you got my career started and it catapulted me into where I am today and it just grew from there. I didn't want to miss that opportunity. I think I've thanked him to him to his face and I've said it publicly on on the old Sammy and the Punk podcast. I've said I'm saying it now again. I think I've said it before on this on our show as well. I owe a lot I owe a lot in terms of, you know, I'm thankful and grateful of the fact that he took a chance on me and signing me. You know, but the rest of it was up to me. You know, Absolutely, and, and that's really what it comes down to. And uh, and if if you didn't win, you wouldn't have been there. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't feel I don't feel that way for Ben Askren though, 
Ben Askren came up through Bellator under the Bjorn regime. He I came up through that, the one. I don't think that Ben Askren owes the UFC anything. I don't. Ben Askren owes the sport of MMA. I I okay, I get that part of it. I I don't I don't actually no I don't get that part of it. I don't agree that he <laughs> owes. I don't agree that he owes the sport anything. I don't. I don't know what it is. Just something about Ben. Ben was never treated fairly in the sport. I, I don't, he never got the credit he deserved. It wasn't, he never, the media never treated him. They never really talked positive about him. I just, I don't feel like he owes the sport anything. They never considered him anything. Like he was the Bellator champion forever. They never talked about him well, in a positive light. Who, who didn't, who didn't, you know, if you want to talk about casual people that only watch the UFC, yeah, they don't know who Ben Askren well, was. Well, what I mean by not talking. Did you know who Ben Askren was? Yeah, I did. because he, Did you respect his skills that he had? Yeah, he can did you respect? <laughs> did you respect it? Did you respect the, what he did in Bellator? Yeah. Yeah. But does that mean the media did? I, does, I don't give a shit what the media but does. The media is what gets everyone else to respect you as well. The media follows the money. I, I get what you're saying, John. You don't have to yell at me. Okay. <laughs> Not yelling. My point is, is that the media didn't do him any favors. Really what they did was they very, very rarely covered him. And when they did, they didn't talk highly of him. Another well, even his, I will agree. Even his boss, Bjorn Revney, wasn't too complimentary. Of course him. not. And so my point is, is that does he owe the sport? I don't think he does. Just my personal opinion. If it was, if it was somebody else. I would I would probably go with you 100%. But I feel like with Ben, he's never got the kudos he deserved and how damn good he was. You that know? was because he could not stand up and yeah, fight. That's And that's what he wants to do in this fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bet oh. I'm still betting uh on Ben Askren. Go, go go back and watch that video again. Come yeah, on. It was great. <laughs> hey was... Dave, pull up pull up Ben Askren hitting the bag. Show him. Great. I've seen it. It's got the, the. You need to watch it again. I'm, and you know what? It's that bad. I'm still gonna put my hundred and forty dollars on Ben Askren. My You're gonna lose a hundred and forty dollars. Hold it. What, what's even, the odds? I might what's even do the odds? It's plus one forty, isn't it? It's plus, so all you gotta yeah. put is a hundred down to win a hundred and forty, Josh. I know. That's what I just said. I'm gonna win my hundred and forty. Then I, oh, yeah, I thought you said you're gonna. You said I'm gonna bet 140 to win 100. No, no, no. I'm gonna bet 100 dollars to win 140. And and what what's the action on Paul? I think it's minus one, 190. 190. Oh, minus 190. Easy money. I put $200 down and I get 105 back. I'm a winner. <laughs> it's, it, I'm going with, I'm going with Ben Askren. You know what? You're betraying the sport of MMA <laughs> by not. not supporting the MMA I fighter. Not. I am so disappointed in that selection. He could have taken, he, they could have brought in Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, even though Dana wouldn't have let Nate fighting it he would have let nick fight in it and that yeah. would have been a great thing and i would have been backing nick diaz to knock his poodle haircut wearing <laughs> ass out but oh geez john tell me how you really feel well hey that's he our like, he looks like a jafoodle <laughs> what is a jafoodle <laughs> a jake poodle uh, a jake poodle i love it's it it's a jafoodle well, that's our segment of the weighing in on the odds. And you guys can go there. Also, check out the odds also for the Super Bowl. They've got plenty of prop bets on that as well. So it's mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code weighing in. If you bet a hundred, if you bet, if you put in an initial deposit of a hundred dollars, they'll give you another fifty dollars. All the way up to a thousand dollars. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you another five hundred. 
So 50% of your initial deposit, it's good for the very first time only. Please enjoy. Use the promo code Wayne in. Yes, sir. What else do we got there, Dave? Like the oh, we got the fights to talk about this weekend. Come on, baby. Here There's a couple go. of fantastic matchups this weekend. Yes. And it's not the main event. <laughs> <laughs> I do, come on. I, oh. I look at this, and, and although I love Alistair and Volkov is good, how is it that Corey Sanhig, just look at the, the, the rankings. The rankings alone, I think, puts it to where, I guess, Frankie's not that high in... Uh, Number four, is it okay? So so Sanhagen is what? Two, two, two. Yeah. So two and four. There's no way that Overeem and Volkov are that high. Five and six. See, respectively, should have been Frankie Edgar and Sanhagen in a five round battle, and being my main event because I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I understand why they did. They're heavyweights. Yeah, you know, they're hoping for know. someone to get knocked out, and if it's gonna be someone, it's probably gonna be Volkov. Nope. You think he's gonna be over him? If it's a stand-up fight anymore, yeah. Anymore. Okay. If it well, if Overeem allows it to be a stand-up fight, Volkov yeah. is tough. If he smart and takes the fight to the ground, which he does a lot and is in the top position, he will eat Volkov up on the ground. Did you see some? There was something they pulled out saying that Overeem has like the best statistics in the UFC for the. The most accuracy of striking or some shit. He might. Significance in strikes. the heavyweights. I don't think in the no, UFC. No, he said he said UFC history. Like that. What? Yeah, for maybe all, heavyweights. I was like, there's just no. Maybe they must. They had to. I, I saw it. I think on the UFC uh, Instagram. It must have. I don't know. Anyways, I was like, what are you talking about? I was saying, yeah. it's a, it's a good matchup between him and Volkov. I'll you know, it's. I have nothing against it. Yeah. Overeem fights completely different now than he did in the past. He's a different fighter and he has to be. And that's absolutely smart on his part. But <laughs> at 43, be 43, maybe 40, coming up on 44, that's a tough one. When you know, he's getting up there. When Strike Force came, brought over all their heavyweights, that was the greatest UFC heavyweights had ever been. And now. They're all 50. <laughs> it's like they're still fighting. They're still fighting. I'm just like, yeah. what the I can fuck? The, the, I, the heavyweight division is horrible now. Let's scroll. The only one that I really like watching, honestly, in the heavyweight division, Derek Lewis. I just, oh, lo I love, I just Derek love Derek Lewis. I love him. I love his personality. I love everything about him, man. He's like a big old teddy bear. <laughs> like, it just got gr just. He's got dogs. He's got <laughs> dogs in his hand. Any guy, any guy and, that takes his britches off in the cage and says, yeah. "My balls was hot," you gotta love him. Oh, good. Have what has guy. uh, what's his name? Rosenstruck and him have they fought? Uh, Derek and Rosenstruck. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm surprised that fight hasn't happened. It'll they, be coming. Yeah, they haven't fought. Derek, let's, let's pull up his record here. There, there's several guys oh. in the heavyweight. You, you, you gotta, you gotta say, when Ningano fights, you want to see it. Yeah, he's exciting. Stipe is just good. Yep. You know, as that's next can fight everywhere. I know that's a good one. And then the winner, how lucky are they? They get this guy named Johnny Bones Jones. Oh man. Ooh. Yeah. 
I think that you think Francis beats Stipe this time? Uh, possibly based upon a couple of things. One thing is age. Uh, well, not, not so much age, but there's some, you know, some as far as, you know, what damage has been done, the knockout against Cormier and things like that. But I really go with where Francis is training and who he's training with the guys that he has, the coaches that he has and what he's doing differently now, because he's got a lot of very good grapplers now with him that are, you know, working with him all the time. And he's getting better and better from what I hear. His wrestling defense is not bad now. Mm-hmm. And so going to be a completely different game as far as getting him to the ground than it was, you know, when he was just used to standing there and knocking people out and didn't even think about it really. Yeah. He's just so, he's, he's just he so explosive. Is, he's violent. Yes. He's just violent. And when, if he, you know, guy we, we always talk about you know hey anyone can land the, the perfect shot he doesn't have to land a, land a perfect shot he doesn't have to land, land one that's even that good mm. he can land a shitty shot and still knock you out yeah he's got that kind of power in his hands and so just one strike can take everything that you've done in that fight you can win every second of the fight and lose one and it's over and you're the loser <laughs> that's a tough guy to fight yeah, when he almost decapitated, oh, I thought I thought he killed him. I thought he broke his neck. Yeah, I, the back he of his head. His head. Oh, the back his of his straps. head hit, hit hit the middle of his back. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell just happened here?" Um, I I look at, I always I always roll I always go against Stepe, so I want to go with Stepe this time. I just think I so. Think you're gonna jinx the hell. Out. I'm gonna jinx the hell out of it. I'm gonna go against him again. I, I think Engano's just gotten so much better. I think yes. that he seems like he's gotten a little bit more comfortable, like you said, on the ground. Not that we've seen him on the ground a whole lot, but I think that you can tell he, he's putting out videos like having fun. I, I think when fighters are doing that, they're feeling a lot more comfortable in their skin about what where they're at in their in their uh, career. Um, but either way, the Stipe and John Jones fight doesn't interest me for some reason. It doesn't. I yeah, but Ningano versus Ningano versus John does, Whoa. and so like I, I'm cheering for Stipe in terms of like it would be nice for you to to get that win. Yep. Um, but then to see to turn around and probably watch you lose to John Jones, you know. Whereas Ningano, I feel like that would be a like, there would be a lot of anticipation and hype coming into that. Not so much as much with the Stipe and the uh, John Jones. Well, one, one of the things when you go and you would look at John's career, every time that he fights someone that he doesn't have a height or length advantage over really comparatively like he normally does, mm-hmm. tends to have a much harder fight. Well, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you he's not going to have a height advantage and the reach advantage if it's more than an inch and a half. I'd be surprised. So... It's pretty even as far as the physicality, as far as the length and that height, but the strength right now and a guy that's used to carrying the weight, that's a big difference too. You know, Nagano is, he's been that size for a long time. John is getting up there now and he's going to have to deal with, you know, making that good weight where he's used to carrying it, used to dealing with the size because he's putting on weight. So it'll be interesting. 
Yeah, I don't know if I, my first fight in the heavyweight division, I'd want it to be in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think just like, so. But you got to give it to John Jones as far as you know, just being a smart fighter, knowing how to fight, being adaptable in the cage. He's got all that. He's got all that going for him. You know, he he is as uh, fight IQ high as any fighter out there. All right, let's get into this. I know we don't talk. We've talked about it, and I don't put him there. If he wins this title, he's. I would consider him the goat. But the issue is just the steroids, you know, the picograms and the other stuff. But I mean, and and I I feel like people all deserve a second chance. He hasn't but been. You're the not going to give it to him. I, well, <laughs> the problem is though, he used up the second and the third already, so we're on the fourth chance now. But it's it's that. I feel like we're it. He is good. There's no. He's. I think he's probably the oh, greatest. He's fantastic. probably the best. It's, he's probably the best that's ever done it. You know. Um. I just. It's sad that it was ruined with with the with the the use of whatever it is, dick pills and everything else that was involved. Um. But I. I he's. He look. Even with all that stuff, he's in that conversation of him, GSP, and Khabib, and who else would you put there? Well, I I look at it. You know, when you say goat greatest of all time there's categories for it too you know the most dominant fighter i've ever seen is habib he is the most dominant fighter there's ever yeah. been in the sport that's why he's undefeated now john is truly undefeated mm-hmm. you know i know he's got the loss and all that stuff do say whatever they want uh he didn't lose to the fighter he lost to the system mm. okay so you can take a look and say he hasn't truly lost either now, but I can look at his fights and dominant wise, he's been dominant in a lot of them, but not like Habib. Habib is the most dominant fighter I've ever seen. But if I'm going to look and I say, well, now I've got John with all the championship fights that he's had, because he's had a ton that, you know, that, that leads towards, Hey, you know, that's not easy being the champion and defending that many times. And now if he goes and he does become the heavyweight champion, yeah, he's the greatest fighter of all time. You know, I love GSP and he's unbelievably good, but he does have a couple of losses on his records. Those were, those were righteous losses. You know, he went and he went, got those back. You know, he beat Matt Hughes twice after losing to him. You know, he beat Matt Sarah, you know, in the return match, uh, beat him bad. So he's got those wins back. John Jones doesn't have those. Yeah. Habib doesn't have those. And so it's tough when you're looking at it to say, is the guy that has several losses better than the guy that has zero losses? Now you can take a look at competition and everything, but again, now you can go back and I look at the end of Habib's run. He fought the very best there was, Mm -hmm. but John Jones has fought the very best there was in the light heavyweights and now going moving up into the heavyweights i I don't see things changing much for him as far as his ability to dominate there either yeah the only reason why i would i if he doesn't go if he didn't go up to heavyweight and win the title there i wouldn't consider him the goat only based on the fact that i've always looked at 185 and 205 they're not very strong divisions you have your guys that are good don't get me wrong two or three four guys at the top that are good but they're not stacked you know, like for Khabib well, to do what he did, GSP to do what they did, they they always had a ton of guys for them to have to get through. There's no doubt. There's more depth at 155 and even at than, any, than, 
than any weight class. No, nope. yeah. 155 has got yeah. the most. I'm just being straight out. 170 is probably next. 145 is there. But 155 is just a killer division. Yeah. Has been and will continue to be. You know, there's just a ton of talented people there. And you can go and you can take the guy who's, you know, ranked 10th. And look, he can beat mm-hmm. the top guy on a given night. So it's, uh, I agree with you as far as 155 is always, well, I'm going to say always, but for the last, let's say five, five, maybe 10 years, mm-hmm. it's, it's been the weight class that has the most depth and the best overall group of fighters that are just killers compared to any others. Yeah, I agree. I, the, the thing what kind of is tarnishing John a little bit, I mean, outside of all the other outside issues, is that his his last three fights, he didn't look great. You no. know, yeah, 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 he didn't look great. And I think if he comes in and ends up winning the title, I think then that kind of lays claim to what I had talked about before is I feel like maybe it was a motivation thing. I mean, you could say that, oh, but now he's clean and all these other things because of all the stuff from before. But it really just comes down to, I think, look, he's defended the title so many times at 205. He's probably just like, all right, another one of these guys. Now I think there's a bit of motivation. We're going to see the best John Jones at, at, at heavyweight. I think he doesn't have to cut weight. He's going to be able to just walk in probably just the way he normally walks in. Comfortable. Comfortable. And he's going to have a, I think we're going to see the best John Jones we probably have seen since he first came onto the scene and won the title and just dominated guys. We may see that same guy again. And the other thing as well is that, he will be, I don't know if he'll be faster than Ngannou. He won't be as strong. <laughs> but he will have but more. Strong. He'll have more tools, more weapons, things that he will use than Ngannou. He can use his wrestling. He can use his, his um, agility and his uh, willingness to go ahead and do things that most people would never do in the heavyweight division. You know, the spinning back elbows, the up kicks, those are all things that not a lot of heavyweights can do and definitely do it with speed and pace and, and power the way that he does. You know, so it makes it for a fun fight. Like that's why I was saying the Gato fight interests me. The Stipe one does not. Um, you know, and it's it's just I think it just the I match, like both of them. I like both of them. I'm just saying I like I, both of them. I'll take either yeah. either of those matchups is great for me. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I, I it, it kind of like took me a little while to admit. I'm like, yeah, the guy's been good. He is good. But I have those three guys in that conversation: GSP, him, and and uh, and Khabib. You know, I would like, obviously, I think everyone, including myself, uh, obviously myself, would like to have seen Khabib go longer because there are still guys in that conversation where he never had fought. And that's the one thing I'm like, you know, I would have liked you. Fought. I would like to have seen you fight. Um, uh, what's it called? Charles Oliveira beat him, you know, fight. Maybe even now that Chandler's on the scene, fight Chandler, you know, um, who else is in that top rankings, Dave, in terms of the 55 pounders? You just yeah, want to see him put a stamp on well, it. Well, he's already beat Dustin. He's already beat Justin. I'd like to see yeah. him fight Charles. Beat like, Connor. You know, he never fought Tony. You know, like I, I, we've had this conversation about. <laughs> they the only, Tony. they only booked it five times. Yeah, I know. Jeez. But Charles and then Chandler is three and four. But then he, you know, he never fought Tony. I don't feel like Tony is going to make another run back at the title. You know, Connor, I think is he, he may clean up his his uh go back to the the kickboxing more of the the stand up MMA style stand up. We'll see. Dosanjos, he's already beat. Uh, Dan Hooker lost to Chandler, so what's you know? Let's not go back that far. Realistically, you know. Then you have you have uh, the only one that really would interest me in seeing this type of fight would be uh, Dariush. You got Islam right there as well. 
So I, I could I could see Islam jumping all the way up after one or two wins, being right up there with you know the Chandler and the Charles Oliveira and four and five somewhere in that conversation. Just an yeah. idea. Um, what else? What else you got, Dave? Well, you guys actually veered away off the actual fight yourself, which is oh, like, we do topic. that a lot Jesus. because we were supposed to be talking about the fight card. <laughs> so, you think that Alistair Overham? You think you think Volkov knocks? No, Alistair out, or you think Alistair? I think Alistair takes him down and destroys him on the ground. That's what I think. Yeah, smart. I think okay. he's gonna fight a smart. Corey fight. Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar. Go ahead, let me hear it. I, right, you Homer, go ahead. Frankie Edgar. Oh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Frank Yeager, I think he's gonna out wrestle him. He's gonna get him to the ground. It's gonna, he's gonna set up the strikes, get him to the ground. If he gets him to the ground, if he gets him to the ground, he's got a good chance of winning the fight. Yeah. If it's, he does not get him to the ground and he decides to stand with him and not utilize his wrestling, he has to take him down. Corey Sanhagen eats him alive. He has to take him down. Has, has to. to. I'm I not agree. saying he needs to force it, but he needs to get a takedown. Yeah, he needs to get it. He needs to he needs to keep Corey in a position where he's thinking about the takedown. Mm -hmm. so. It's gonna be a tough fight though. It is. I after watching Frankie in his last couple of fights, you can tell he has slowed down a little bit. Not oh, a yeah. lot, but he has slowed down. And uh there's that little hesitation for when he throws. He waits to be hit. That didn't he didn't do that before. He threw and continued to throw and then he got out. That hesitation is is called age. Yep, I went through that, and that was that that end. Those last four fights that I had in my career was you start waiting to be hit, and that's all. That's all really what it comes down to. So, um, the fight that I'm kind of interested to see is the the Manel Cape. That's oh, Mike Swick's teammate, or he Mike's he works with Mike Swick out at AKA Thailand. Yeah, but then the other guy I can't say his last name. Pantoja. 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 He's good. Oh, he's very good. He's so very good. good. But I, when I saw him fight last, I was like, who's this guy? He doesn't look. And then he started moving mm. around. He started strong. I was like, oh, shit. You're good. You're good. You're good. This is going to be a fun fight. Come on. You take a look at the, the first three fights on the main card. Yeah. Look at Diego Fierra against Benil Darush. Ooh. That's a good fight. Dude. It is. That's going to be good. You know, and then the, the one after that is Cody Stamen against um, Asker. Asker, Asker. Yeah. Asker, Asker, however you want to say it. Yeah. That's a good fight. You know, I like Cody Stamen. He's a tough dude, you know, wrestling background. He just brings it. And Asker is a good stand up fighter, but he can fight on the ground too. So that's a good matchup. And I think that one is at, I think it's at Featherweight. It might be a bantamweight. I'm not sure, but I think it's a featherweight. Which one? The uh, Cody Stamen. I think he's in. He's in. He's in the bantamweight rankings. Yeah, I know, but I think it's at 145. That's what I was told. Maybe he's going up in weight, huh? If you click on the fight, it'll tell you what weight. And UFC. What, what, UFC says 135. You say 135? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was strange, but I, when I was told, I was like, hmm. But sometimes guys, you know, take fights. And you know, oh, no, you're right. It's a featherweight bout. Sorry. Oh. It's just uh, he's listed at 35, he's but the listed. bout he's is listed a, at featherweight. Yes. Hmm. So that'll be interesting. The, uh, so look, Diego Ferreira, 
he doesn't do anything spectacular. He's just good. He's one of those guys that's not flashy. He's not... He's good. And so his fight with um, Darius... Darius is flashy. He's aggressive. What? In terms of spinning back elbows. He'll do spinning back fists. He'll, he'll do crazy stuff. Like, he's just... I guess, okay, look. I shouldn't say he's flashy. Okay. I should say that he's so long that things come from weird angles. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't... He doesn't have a traditional... He he just he has he's long and lanky and things come from weird angles. He does he will throw spinning back fists. He will throw um spin he just does things that are a little awkward and different, I think, as a fighter when I'm watching him fight. I'm like, I wouldn't anticipate someone of his style or his size to fight that way. And he's fun. He's fun to watch yeah. fight. So as long as Ferrer just stays tight with his defense, which he does, he's very just kind of stays tucked. He doesn't do anything like super spectacular, but he just finds ways to win. He stays on point with his defense and lands his strikes and puts pressure and puts pressure until you make a mistake. Darius is big though. He's a big guy. He's big, <laughs> he's big for the weight, long and lanky and big for the weight. Well, Benil is he's just he's good everywhere now because yeah. it was always he, he came into. You know, MMA with a, a grappling background and he was trying to take guys down and, and submit them all the time. And Rafael Cordero has done a great job of bringing his stand-up game to the point where, man, his last, I think his last fight was against, um, hot sauce Holtzman. Yes. And Scotty Holtzman. And man, he just, Scotty Holtzman was on a run. Scotty Holtzman was really fighting well. Mm -hmm. And man, he just ate Scotty up. Scotty, just was like two steps behind in that fight, getting hit with everything. You know, Benil just looked unbelievably good at that point. And if he mm -hmm. fights that way against Bahia, it's going to be a great fight. Mm. I'm excited for that fight. I'm always excited to see the 55 pounders get after it because, <laughs> you know, we're the best in the biz, baby. Oh, yeah. there you go. Now you're going again. What do you, what do you think? What do you think there? of the matchup with, uh, you know, Clay Guida is fighting Michael Johnson on this card. I think it's I think it's a great matchup for Michael Johnson. If he sticks and moves, sticks and moves, can never let his feet stay standing right in front of Clay. If he lets you, if he stops for one second right in front of Clay, I, Clay gets the takedown, and Michael's I don't know if he's gonna be able to get up. Clay's just gonna get busy on the on the on the ground and pound, very active, you know, and it's gonna be hard for Michael to get back up. And if he does get back up, Clay's just gonna keep chasing the legs and chasing the legs. But can he get there? Can he get to the legs before Michael gets to his chin? Because that's really what it comes down to. Like we saw, Michael doesn't matter if he's getting a little bit older and is he's fast. He's got a long, yeah, stiff jab. Speed. He's got a lot of speed. He's got good stand up. He's got great stand up, and he puts the combinations together well. Um, he just gotta, he just gotta stay on the game plan. Like he got away from that. Well, who did he fight? He got knocked out with like a minute left. Josh Emmett. He got knocked out with like a minute left in the fight, right? Where Mike, where Josh Emmett was, he was beating Josh Emmett up. And Josh Emmett threw the overhand right at the very, like a minute left. Was there a minute 45. left? 45 seconds left. Ugh. He got clipped. Boom. Was out cold. And he's had, he's had two losses since then. He has a, I was going to say, he's on a three fight, three loser fight loser. Yeah. But I mean, the speed will be a factor and whether Clay can get to the legs before he gets to his chin. I think the speed is the biggest factor. Yeah. I love Clay. He's what almost forty years. Was thirty nine now? Yeah, he is thirty nine. Uh, yeah, 
you know, it's, it's tough when you, when you're that grinder, that gritty guy that takes shots to get inside and everything, they add up. You know, he had one of my favorite fights. He fought, I don't know if you remember, remember, remember Tyson Griffin? Yes. He and Clay Guida had one of the best fights ever at the very first UFC that was in Ireland. I think it was UFC 72. Mm-hmm. What a great fight between those two. There was so much going on in that fight. I love that fight. I used to show it all the time for judging because hmm. it's just an awesome fight. It's got stand up, it's got ground, it's got submission attempts, it's got everything. And uh, it's just uh, now, I don't know. It's, yeah. you know. it's it's getting, you You saw, I think Bobby Green was uh, Clay's last fight, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, and yep. Bobby's. And then Jim, Jim Miller before that too. Jim yeah. Miller before Bobby, that. Bobby's Bobby's fast, but he's not as active with his shots as far as putting volume out like Michael Johnson is. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just don't think it's a good fight in the end for Clay, and I like Clay. Yeah, yeah. I the fight that I always think of when I think of Tyson Griffin is I think of Frankie Edgar's first fight in the UFC. That yeah. was that was like it was like watching two ferrets. On the ground, just get out. Talk about knee bars, knee bars going freaking backwards. Yeah, both of them in that fight. Yes, phenomenal fight. But that was when I, I was funny because I guess today's the anniversary of that fight. Is it? Yes. And I told Frank, I said, just when I, I said, this was when I realized you were a fucking savage. (laughs) (laughs) You were the, you were the kid from the dirt, the dirty jersey man. They call him the dirty jersey. But uh, I called him. He's he. That was when I became a fan of his. Man, that was the first time I'd ever seen him fight. And then a couple, I want to say like a couple months later, he came out and started training at AKA for a while. His next two fights, two or three fights, he had from AKA. Phenomenal man, phenomenal fighter. Yep. Um. Okay. The rest of the card. What do you think? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, it's, man. One of my ahead, talk, one man. of my favorites, Molly McCann. Ah, you I, got meatball Molly. I, I, saw, Molly I saw that. McCann. Uh, Love me some Molly McCann, baby. She's such a she's like such a fucking ray of light. Every time I get around she's her, she's just a happy she's person. So much fun, just happy, just loves what she does. Never pot, never a negative energy when you're around her. I've hung, I've been around her in Ireland a couple of times, and she's just absolutely amazing person. So I give her a little toot. Wish you luck, girl, and uh, hope you're watching the show. Uh, what else? Who else on this card? I don't know. The card right though. I know. <laughs> Seeing if John's memory could pull it all back up. In his <laughs> I dat- can't pull all that stuff in. <laughs> in, his, in his database. Too many. Um, that, you know, too, too many fight cards. You've got Mike Rodriguez versus Danilo Marquez. You've got Martin Day versus Timur Valev. You've got Devontae Smith versus Justin Janes. You've got Jocelyn Edwards versus Carol Rosa. Is that, is that Timur Valiev? Valiev, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. It looked, like, it looked like two L's. My eyesight's yeah. fucking horrible. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> oh man, I swear. Uh, it, like it's, it's, the eyesight's catching up with the CT. Martin, Martin Martin Day's got his hands full in that one, dude. Uh is he good? Uh, Valiev. Valiev. Valiev's good. He's tough. Hmm. That's gonna be a. That's a tough fight. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the whole card right there. Yeah. The fight that I'm most looking forward to, obviously, is the 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 uh, Sanhagen and Frankie. Frankie. Oh yeah, Frankie's my boy, man. I just want to see yeah. him get a good win. So, 
You guys can also bet on those fights too. Go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in, and they will give you 50% of your first deposit. Hope you guys use that this weekend. If you don't use it for fights, use it for the Super Bowl. Where Tom Brady's going to beat. Oh, oh, sorry. No, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> you Kansas City. I'm just mad, man. Oh. Our Fisher, our right tackle, he tore his, uh, his Achilles last game, and he's out now for the for the game. That he's pro bowler. Oh, that's horrible. That's a that's a tough hit on us. Ah, shit. And we know what sucks, right? Is that we were already ahead. There was only like three or four minutes left. We didn't, he didn't even need to be in the game. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. They don't, pull, they don't pull linemen out of games, dude. You're, they're so valuable. Yep. Why? Why? But look, uh, I, I think we just got to beat Tom, man. That's all we got to do. We got to just beat Tom. Our defense just needs to get one or two stops and we'll outscore him. That's all we get. We score like crazy anytime we want. We're animals. Let's go, Chiefs. Chiefs, baby. Chiefs. Shut up. You watch <laughs> pro wrestling, Dave. Shut up. I don't even want to hear you talk. <laughs> We're talking about sports, like real men's sports, not pro wrestling, not fake shit. Jeez, this guy. Um, okay, so look, there was one last thing I want to talk about. You guys. Hit the little uh, bell on the right the corner. Bell. I believe it's the right corner. It's like it sets for the notification, lets you know when all the uh, our new stuff drops. Dave doing the release of new videos too, and all the little short clips that we're doing as well. Um, also, hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos to everyone else, so you guys don't always have to see like Dave likes to say. You don't have to see Ariel Hawani and DC in in your selective category. You see our videos, all the ones that we've already done, or the ones that are coming up. And that shares our videos to other people as well. So let's try and get. Uh, what do we want? How many likes do we want? Uh, we want. We, we want. I mean, we, we want to get at least five to ten thousand. Yeah, we want five thousand minimum on. Yeah. Can we get us to five thousand, guys? Come on, this was a pretty good show considering you know that you know we talked a lot about Stephen A. today. Pretty good. I mean, we are the best pot MMA podcast. This was phenomenal. Come on, this is this is some. This is like. I mean, uh, think, it, think of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Stephen A. Stephen A. gave us some good stuff today. I'm glad. Stephen A. Say something. Come on. Give us the retraction so we can talk and criticize you for that too. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love it. This uh, is so much fun, John. We're nerds. This is what I like about this. We're nerds. We're not as bad as Dave. Dave's a real nerd, like in real life, <laughs> but we're like nerds to the sport. You know, like, and I love this. I'm, love I'm this. just going in. from now on. I talk about Stephen A. It's DPU, baby. DPU. It's almost like every it's becoming a trend now. Like this this time every year, right? Like last year was when you were on Joe Rogan at this time, oh, and, yeah. and and you talk about Stephen A. This time Whoa, so it's becoming a trend. Wow. <laughs> it's becoming a trend. Maybe the it's yearly, like the yearly thing. Maybe it's like right around the time his contract comes up, and he wants to say <laughs> something really outlandish. He gets him paid a little bit more since that's what these companies are doing these days. Uh, hey, there was one more thing we were going to talk about. Uh someone at uh, Kenny Florian had came out and said that. Khabib was in the works, or they were talking about GSP and Khabib in the works. And then Ali, Negative. Ali said, this is absolutely true. And, and then, then seconds fake later, news. deleted it. And then later, seconds later, fake news. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want everyone to understand. Yes, of course, they are trying to get it always. to work out. Always. Always. That's not anything through. new. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I'm just simply saying I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think that GSP has realized that he's 40 years old. He's living a good life. He's just doing, you know, he's still training there's, all the time. I saw him running in the fucking snow yesterday. There's nothing to win. Yeah. Don't yeah, do it. Don't do it. There's, I don't think, I don't think it proves anything either. You're fighting a guy who's in his prime 
literally at the top of his weight class and you are 40 years old and you are not at the top of your weight. Well, I mean, and you haven't fought since fought and, 2017. Jeez, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's a good fight. I think it's a, and if it, it does happen, John, just come out of retirement and then like fudge it and make it a no contest to screw over all the fans. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> great. Uh, that's bad. All right, guys. Um, we already said hit the thumbs up. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in and use the promo code. Pot. Oh, oh, it's a new oh, promo code. It's a new promo code. Do you want to know what the promo code is right now? No, we don't want to know it. We no. just want to lie. You should tell our fans and our subscribers what the promo code is. The new promo code for February is Plethora. And if you don't know how, if you don't know how to spell it, it's right yeah, it's right baby. down in the description. Why there would you, you do go. that? Because, because that's it's a, a famous phenomenal, word. It's a phenomenal. Okay, do you even know where that comes from? That was the dumbest name ever. How people can't spell that? It's right there <laughs> underneath. <laughs> it's right underneath the video in the call. Oh, that the is a Bruce Beck call, man. Bruce Beck was the guy from I want to say UFC. Four, I believe four on until Mike Goldberg took over at USC oh. Japan. So he, he didn't have a long run, but he always used a plethora of punches, a plethora of. Wow. So he just he loved the word plethora. So that's where it comes. Interesting. It's a good word, Bruce. It Beck. just means many. <laughs> and there are a plethora of t-shirts, Josh. There is. There's there is a plethora of t-shirts. So you from the name, the word plethora is in the description. So if yeah. you guys don't know how to spell it, so like me, I would have to look down there and then put it in the the promo code box. That's P L E T H O R A plethora. There you go. That was wrong, by the way. Was it wrong? <laughs> and and there's an app now. You can just download the app, uh, copy and paste the word, get your t-shirt. Boom, Bob's your uncle. Boom, boom, Bob's your uncle. I Bob's like your uncle. We got to make that one now. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else, John? What else do we have? We did. We did. We did the. We did the the segment today of waning on the odds. Your CT is so bad. My right CT now. is really bad. It's kicked <laughs> up today. You literally done the outro, and you're like, "What else?" Yeah. What else? What else? I don't want to leave yet. That's why I think what. Oh, this is one thing I want to talk about real quick. You guys. Uh -oh. You guys. You guys. I, I yawn a lot because sometimes we film really late, and sometimes we film really early. Tonight is not late, but. I also am a very early riser. I'm always up really early. I'm usually up and out of my house by like 5 a.m., 4.35 a.m. Like whether coming to the gym or doing a remodel at the gym too. Because I have a ton of people going, man, Josh, stop yawning. Stop yawning. And I'm like, sorry, guys, man. I've had, I, I haven't had my coffee tonight. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of excuses. There is. There is. But I want to let lot. people. This is my way of talking to the comment section saying, hey. I read your guys' comments. I appreciate you guys. Be positive in the comments. I see some and of you they guys are, being mean. They are now starting to affect my sensitivity. I, no, not my just, sensitive I love side it. is being touched. We have fun with it in the comments section. Just be positive. <laughs> just, Let's how many fun. comments is that? How many? I don't know. How many comments is that right there? See that? Oh, 914. All right. How many views is that? I can't read that far. 105,000. I know. So this is stop getting wrapped up in it. I love it. Oh, um, nice. You know what, Dave? That was nice. I like the way you set him like up. That? 
Yeah, nice no, no, no. job. That I was go beautifully to the, done. Here's the thing is I go to the comments because there are a lot of people that say very positive things about our show, and I love to hit the like button there. <laughs> he's such a little like, I love it. He's like, like, oh, he's seen some I want, nice I want, things about me. I want the people, not me, about the show. Oh, okay. I don't ever, I don't like the people. I actually do like their comments when they say something nice. Ah, uh, say you lied, some bitch. Because I had 914, <laughs> I was like seven. <laughs> maybe 12 <laughs> maybe 12 but i do i do go through there I, I like to like i like all of the of the comments when they say something positive about our show i love it so, so if you didn't get enough at an hour and 45 minute show just take it into the comments and josh will give you <laughs> josh will give you another two hours uh i want to let you guys all know also you guys have been using the word first when you guys are the first to write a comment you guys have now lost that privilege because dave will now be putting in first into the comment section because he's posted it. FYI, that wasn't me. Well, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I no, put shit. first. So what I want you guys to remember is, is you guys will have to put second now. <laughs> Josh, do you recall when we first started this? Yeah. It was, you said, we're just going to do like 15 minutes. Yes. 15 minutes, 20 minutes max. Yeah. And then I realized. Just everything's short. I realized how long-winded you were. Thank you very much. <laughs> I took up those 15 to 20 minutes. Boom. Yes. <laughs> How times have changed. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> true. Now we're, I think our pa our podcast is averaging like two hours. It's ridiculous. Um, all right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. And John, what else? Just do you have for to say? everyone out there, first off, I want to say thank you for listening in. All the new subscribers, we appreciate you coming on. All the old ones, we still love you. And the last thing I have to say is see ya.